Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up on In-Flight Snack, Bilal and I talked all about the Super Bowl early preview. We talked about the AFC and NFC championship games from last week, and we previewed as Bilal is heading out to Vegas at the end of this week, or I guess middle of this week, for Super Bowl coverage. We talked about what he expects to see from the big game out in Vegas. So Bilal and I broke it all down. Early predictions. We'll talk again later in the week, see what's happening, see if there's a little update on what's going on with the Super Bowl. But all that and a whole lot more coming up next on In Flight Snack. It's playoff time and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship and our partner Bet Online is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of the Gatorade, Bet Online is your number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online and join today to get in on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. The snap clean, the placement down, the kick is up, and the kick hooks to the left, but it's gone! Inside the left upright for Zerline, and the Jets win it in overtime, and honestly, I'm not sure how! It's a toss with Powell, he's got the angle, he's got blockers, Powell working the sidelines! goes all the way. Touchdown, Jets. Yo, it's Quinn Williams here, and you listen to In-Flight Snack on the Believe Podcast Network. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome back to In Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. That's Bilal Powell. I'm Rami Lavi. As I throw my pen, it's Monday, February 5th. Super Bowl week is finally here out in Vegas. And we talked so much about the Jets and all the negativity last week. Let's shift the focus to the playoffs, to the Super Bowl, to what's going on this week. And Bilal, I got to ask you, does it matter for next year, for beyond this year, forever? Does it matter who the Jets head coach is? Does it matter who the Jets quarterback is? Can anyone beat Patrick Mahomes? I feel like no one can beat him. Like Lamar Jackson had this MVP season and then boom, couldn't even do anything against Patrick Mahomes. Same thing with Josh Allen. We've seen it with Joe Burrow. It seems like no one can beat Patrick Mahomes. Is this just going to be, is this the new Brady? Is this the guy who's going to be in the AFC for the next 15 years just dominating? Like it feels like every year, it's just going to be Mahomes again. And what I loved about this year is he was an underdog in the last two games. He's an underdog again in the Super Bowl. And I keep betting on him because I can't bet against him anyway. And that's it's free money to bet on Patrick Mahomes because he wins every single time. I love Mahomes. I think he's that special. Is there anyone out there who's beating this guy? Honestly, Patrick Mahomes is the new era. He is. You could talk about Lamar. You could talk about Josh Allen. You can talk about all these other quarterbacks, but... He's the new Tom Brady. And not only is he the new Tom Brady, you have to give credit to Andy Reid, what Andy Reid is doing. 
And then you have to get credit. I know we, everybody rallies around Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. But let's not take away credit from Travis Kelsey, who, in my opinion, is probably going to be one of the best tight ends ever to play this game. We saw, I mean, you saw the, the, the conversion down in the red zone where Patrick Mahomes is scrambling and he just throws a duck up and a guy at the size of Travis Kelsey is able to like change direction in midair. That's incredible. So I, I think when you talk about the success of Patrick Mahomes, you can't forget about Andy Reid and you can't forget about Travis Kelsey. And honestly, there's a difference in a, being a playmaker and a winner. And Patrick Mahomes is a winner. He finds a way to win. And I think everybody need to take their hat off to the fact that he did what he did last year on a high ankle sprain. An injury that sits guys down for three to four, almost six weeks. They're now starting to uh, put guys on short-term IR from high ankle sprains. And we watched this guy battle through this during the most important time of the year and go out and win a Super Bowl. So you have to take your hat off to a guy like that. And I think when it's said and done, Patrick Mahomes' name should be next to guys like Tom Brady, guys like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. But these guys in each sport that is just an icon, a goat of what it's like to have a championship mindset, a winner's mindset, that's the guy that you're going to be talking about for years to come, long after we're gone, long after he retires from the game of football. Yeah, Tiger Woods, Derek Jeter. Those are some of the names. And and, and he's right there. He's right there. Yeah, and I remember you talk about last year. I was working on – I was just listening to this because it came up like on my memories. A year ago, I was working in Baltimore. I was uh, working the midday show with Vinny Serrato and and, uh, Bob Haney. And we were talking about – I asked them. It was before the conference championship game. So it was in between the – it was, I guess it was before the conference championship game, after he got hurt in the divisional game. And there was this video of Mahomes walking around and he looked normal, like three days after the high angle sprain. And I asked him, like, is there any chance? I asked Vinny, because he's a former NFL GM. I was like, is there any chance that this guy is healthy? And he's like, no, there's no way this guy's healthy. It's a high angle sprain. He's hurt for sure. Now, I don't know what he's doing right now, but it's, it's going to affect him. And then the biggest play of the game, if you remember, against Cincinnati, he took off and ran for 20 yards and he's hobbling. But it's making winning plays. Like you said, it's about winning. It's not even about being that playmaker. It's about making the plays to win. And that's something that is special for Mahomes and goes beyond anything. Because think about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, and maybe you could explain this, is one of the best quarterbacks ever. He's, his running ability is insane. His season this year was his best season of his career by far, both throwing the ball and running the ball. And all of a sudden, in the biggest spot, he sucked. Like, I know he had a great game against the rookie and CJ Stroud and that team that was a, what, a two-win team the year prior, and now they come in this year with a little more expectations. They go to the playoffs. It's a cute story, but they're not Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But in the biggest game of his season, Lamar was awful. And I know the play calling wasn't good. I hate when teams do this, when they abandon the game plan just because they get down. Like, they were down 10 in the second half, and the defense held. Like, there was no reason to abandon the game plan. They ran the ball total in the game 16 times. You're talking about a team that's built on power running. Why do you think Lamar Jackson struggled so much in this game against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? I think Kansas City had a good game plan. Right? And if you say Lamar sucked, then you have to say that the Baltimore Ravens sucked because Travis Kelsey was 11 for 11. For like okay, no, but, yards no, but that's the difference. In the second half, they they didn't give up any they, – they didn't score – 
right? The Chiefs didn't score. They didn't do anything on offense in the second half. And yet Lamar Jackson has a fumble, has a terrible interception in the end zone. Like Lamar Jackson, his it seemed like he was hesitant. Like when he had lanes to run, he wasn't taking them. And that's well, what makes let's him talk so about effective. That interception. The, the the thing about it is and and he threw it into triple every, every coverage. Guy, every guy should every guy should understand this. And you looking at it from the TV, which is a slow perspective of the game. The game is a million times slower. Oh, for TV. sure. I know it's a million miles an hour in the game. And as a quarterback, I was when in you Baltimore, see your player way, running this close to going. Listen, and when you see your player as a quarterback, if you see your player running down the scene, and you should be taught this as a receiver, not to throw your hand up. That guy threw it. He threw his hand up like he was wide open. So in the split, he had to make a split decision that when he see this guy's hand open, I have trust that he's open and I'm throwing the ball. Everything else is a blur. Once I see your hand go up, then you have a split decision to make. And and you're talking about a team that was pressuring Lamar almost 50% of the snaps. 50% yeah, of the snaps. Six him. runs, okay? Six run attempts from a running back that they had. If you do not run the ball in the National Football League, then you are. it's going to make it 10 times harder to pass the football. And people need Agreed. to understand that from a game plan standpoint. I'm not saying in trying to protect Lamar, but they had a good game plan against Lamar, all right? Let alone, we'll probably be talking about a totally different subject had Zay Flowers protected the ball going into the end zone. Maybe overtime, Lamar winning, and we won't even well, have That's a great defensive discussion. play. Hey, that, yeah. that's a great play by the defense. In an, era, in an era by a young guy because you're taught to only stretch the ball out on fourth down, right? And if that was a running back or if that was a guy that wasn't trying to avoid contact, all you have to do is run behind your pads, lo- run with low leverage and run through contact, and it's a touchdown. And I think we talk about... Um, I remember the same thing happened time. last year on, on second down where Tyler Huntley goes over the top with the football out with the, football, with the Ravens. Exactly. It gets taken away by Cincinnati and run back for a touchdown the other way. It was crazy that it happened the same play two years in a row for the Ravens. And the personal fouls. Think about the personal fouls. The personal fouls made the difference in that game. And, you know, honestly, Lamar had a bad game. He did. He didn't look like the MVP of the league. I I get it. But the reason he probably didn't is because the game plan was so totally different from all the other games that made him successful this season. Six attempts from a running back when you lead the league in rushing. Run the football. If you don't run the football, it makes it hard. Guys are dropping back in lanes. Guys are dropping back in the lanes. You're telling me dropping back in lanes. Guys are blitzing. There is so there is so much you can do as a player, just like as a coach. If my coach don't put me in the best position to be successful, then I look crazy. And if yeah. as a coach, if I do everything I can to put my players in a position to be successful and they don't execute, I look crazy. So it was a complete um loss as an organization on from coaching, players, execution. Um, and like I said. You knew the experienced team going into that. You knew that the Kansas City Chiefs, if they had any chance to stay in a game after we just watched Baltimore demolish them a few weeks before, come back, do what they need to do game plan-wise, and beat the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, and that team, again, like you said, is a special team, is a team of destiny. And Todd Munkin, it seems like he panicked. And he totally changed. Gus Edwards had no touches, had barely any carries in this game. Gus was one of the best running backs. Dalvin Cook, who so much they talked about trading for Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook didn't touch the ball. Dalvin Cook didn't see the field. 
and it's funny because if you're Lamar Jackson and you see your coordinator and your coaching staff panicking, then of course you're going to start panicking and you're going to start forcing throws and you're going to start missing easy throws because he missed a lot of easy throws in this game also that he just missed. He, he didn't see guys open when they were. He was confused. I felt like it was a great defensive game plan. And it was also, and, and I don't put this in the same category because a lot of people are like, oh, now he's two and four in the playoffs in his career. I don't put this in the same category as the early career struggles in the playoffs. I think you have to look at this game in a vacuum. You have to look at this game in and of itself as its own thing. And, you know, you're scared when Patrick Mahomes is on the other side. You mentioned, it's funny that you mentioned you thought it could have gone to overtime if Flowers, I don't think so. Because guess what? If Patrick Mahomes needed one more drive at the end of the game, he would have scored. I, I know that's true because guess what? When they couldn't move the ball the entire second half, on third and nine, they call a deep pass down the right side of the field to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Mahomes is running back on his back foot and throws it and gets a 30-yard completion to seal the game. So if that was a drive that was going down to win the game, I'm sure Mahomes would have gotten it done. So, you know, you could say that, sure, the stat line overall would look better for Lamar Jackson if Flower scores there and they end up putting up 17 points. They still would have lost the game, though. Mahomes still was winning. He was going to do whatever it took to win that game, and those first two drives of the game were surgical. Let's move over to the other side for a second. Let's talk about the NFC, and then we'll get to the Super Bowl. Dan Campbell, his decisions essentially cost them the game. I hated the decision, the first decision more than the second one. The second one, I didn't like, but the first one was the worst because you go up by 17, and then you hold them. You hold Brock Purdy to a field goal coming out of the half. That's majorly disappointing. In fact, after the game, Shanahan said, I was really upset that we only scored a field goal coming out of the... So you could have a chance now to take back the momentum by kicking a field goal and going back up 17, going back up three scores. Now, the upsetting part about this is on that play, the play actually worked and the receiver dropped the ball. If the receiver catches the ball, Dan Campbell looks like a genius. Maybe they score a touchdown. Maybe they win the game. They probably do. If he catches the ball, it changes the whole momentum, but he drops the ball. And you can't think about it that way. Like at that point of the game, I saw the difference was if they converted the first down, it was like a 91% chance of winning. If they kicked the field goal, they had like a 90.5% chance of winning. Like it didn't change. It didn't change whether they picked up the first down or not. So you talk about the analytics of it. It didn't make a difference. So why in that spot? Now, later in the game, I understand going for the touchdown, going for the dagger, going for the win, especially with how poor your team looked. It was like, oh, we might not get another shot at this. Let's try and take the lead here. But at that point, you gave all the momentum back to them and then, of course, the big play happens downfield with Ayuk where it bounces off your receiver's hands. I don't want to pin the whole loss because so many other things happened in that game for the Niners. Like I said, like that play where it bounces off the, the defender and then the receiver just catches it. So much happened that went the Niners' way and not the Lions' way, which is funny because that's how it goes, right? When there's a team that's quote-unquote cursed and then the team on the other side has been a winning organization forever, it always seems to go the way of the winning organization. But you, but you can't but Dan say Campbell about helped. it. Not going, you, you can't say it, 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 it not going the Lions' way when they jumped up by 17 points. Yeah. I told you, there's three phases of they the game. They threw it. There's game plan. There's identifying what, a, what an opponent is doing, and then there's adjustments. And San Francisco made great adjustments at halftime. And then it comes down in the fourth quarter. Everyone in the stadium knows what you're doing. It comes down to get, to executing guys making plays. And we saw uh, uh, golf make throws that were like he was making in the first half that he wasn't making in the fourth quarter, throwing off his back foot, just uncomfortable. The, the San Francisco 49ers did a good job of, of, of adjusting in executing when it came down to execute. 
You know, it's funny though, their defense all of a sudden got this energy in the second half and the energy comes from getting a fourth down stop, right? So if Dan Campbell just kicks a field goal there, all the momentum's back on the Lions' side. So you tell me, what do you think? Do you take the points in those spots? Yeah. yeah. So get this, you talk about field position. They got down and kicked the field goal, all right? And missing that field goal gave San Francisco a better field position in that drive. If you kick the field goal and you kick a touchback, now they're starting from the 25-yard line, which in that time, in that tight situation, those type of games, field position matters. And, and yeah. instead of them starting closer, they're starting farther with points on the board. So I think the decision of not kicking the field goal was a – it was a gamble. And like you said, if the guy catches the ball, it, we're probably talking about the Detroit Lions in the Super Bowl versus yeah. Kansas City Chiefs. Who knows, right? But at the end of the day, I think if you take all the analytics out of it, right? Take take away analytics, take away the statistics of the game, and just go win a football game. If you just want to go win a football game, kick the field goal, put your defense back out there, and hopefully we stop them or we hold them to a punt. Now they get to the fifty instead of getting to field goal range. Like that is how I would think as an offense. As a, a head coach, I, I just know that points take the air out of people and the momentum shifted, the the field position switched, and they can never just they never could grab on again. And we saw Kyle Shanahan just pick apart that Lions defense in the second half. Yeah, so the Super Bowl is set. We now have the Niners and the Chiefs. Mm. What are your initial thoughts on this game? I think we're about to see a lot of. Taylor Swift. Taylor, <laughs> Taylor, Taylor Swift. Are you sick of her? Like, are you sick of them showing her? It, they showed her total it for like bother, 40 it, seconds in the game. It doesn't bother me at all. It, it doesn't fact, bother saw, me anymore. It's like numb, you know, it's almost yeah, like... Yeah, uh, you see the same commercials over and over again like a thousand times. There are more cuts of like any random thing than... They show her three times, four times a game. Like, it doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. I don't understand why people are getting so worked up. It's like, are people bored? Is there not enough to talk about? If I was the Chiefs, I would give her like a minute share of the team. Well, apparently she's revenated like $300 million. Her alone has revenated $300 million to the NFL this year. So do you believe in like... Travis break up with her. I I wonder. (laughs) I want that too. That would be fun. Yeah, he'd write a bunch of of songs. Travis would be ready for it, but... She's going to go on the Travis breakup tour. (laughs) It's going to be crazy. Hey, no, but honestly... uh. I think it's going to be a good football game, but I, you have I one daughter, right? Is she, is she into Taylor I have Swift? Two. I have two. Oh, you have two daughters. All right. No, no, my kids are not into Taylor Swift. No, they're not. Okay, good. <laughs> they probably could name. They probably could name maybe one song, two, maybe. But we're not Swifties over here. Sorry. Got you. Yeah. Do they have like? Do people listen to Taylor Swift in Louisville, Kentucky? <laughs> uh, I mean, she can sell out Yum Center. The arena downtown, which holds around yeah, 21. Sure. She could sell yeah, it exactly. out for a week here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm she, sure. I mean, Jack Harlow's from here, and she yeah. could probably sell out the, the arena more than Jack. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I, would, I would guess so. Um, yeah, she's big, man. She's a big icon. Do you believe in conspiracy theories? Like, I mean, the league wants her in the Super Bowl. I think the league's happy she's there, but I don't think the league cheated. No, I don't think so. It's if not scripted. Wait, if they cheated. Listen, they, if they cheated, <laughs> then we got to date that all the way back to the Sauce Gardner uh, pass interference. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Primetime football. 
against you know, the Chiefs. Yep, it goes all the way back there. The it Jets should have been back. in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, they should have been. That was that was the game yeah. changer for the New York Jets. Yeah, exactly. But, that changed the whole season. We talk about the field goal changing the whole game for Dan Campbell. If the Jets don't get a pass interference call there, that changes the whole season. All of a sudden, Robert Sala learns how to coach, and he's not you know bemoaning himself for being unfortunate yeah, Lions, and unlucky. I think the Lions would be in the discussion as well if 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 the receivers catch the ball. Yeah, yeah for sure. Wide open balls, man. So, you know, it's, so it's I mean, different. I'm never going to bet against Patrick Mahomes. So I think the Chiefs will win this game. Uh, but the Niners are the most complete team. If Brock Purdy was a second overall pick, if he was a first overall pick, we'd be talking about him like he's one of the greatest young quarterbacks ever. Goes to the conference championship game his first year, goes to the Super Bowl in his second year. His resume is as good as any of the all time greats, if not better. And just because he was taken later in the draft, people talk about him like he's a system guy. Like he's no, he made plays in that game. Man, Brock Purdy is a good quarterback. I, and really I told you, I think the era of of quarterbacks now is taking like the credit away from him because he's he's not known to take off running or extending. Dude, play. his running in that game was awesome. He can though. run. He though. I didn't know he was that fast. Running. What are you yeah. running forty? What are you running forty? Come I don't on. even know. I, I mean, mean, he can move. Like, you know, he. Yeah, that, I think he had, some of those what, plays were huge. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. You know, they talk about him not being a game changer. I I have to disagree with that. Like he's not a game manager. If that's the case, then he ran a four got, four eight four, and that's pretty fast in in game speed. Like he, guy that can get a step on you, go get a first down. Yeah. That's fast. Um, but I mean, he's not a big guy though. He's like a four eight four, but he's small. Like you expect, you know. Yeah. So it looks a lot faster. So, but like I said, is I I just think the the era of of, of quarterbacks now, um. It's taking credit away from Brock Purdy. I think if he was, if Brock Purdy was doing what he's doing now, maybe six years ago, seven years ago, then he would be considered one of the top quarterbacks. I think you're now starting to see the league, uh, colleges, high schools go to more mobile, uh, dual, uh, dual threat quarterbacks now, and he doesn't fit that description. So I think you know, he's 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 uh, not getting the credit he needs. He's definitely. A good quarterback. I think he's a franchise quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah, he's about he's about six foot, two hundred pounds. So he's not like a, a big quarterback, you know. Mm-hmm. He's because at six foot, they want to see you scramble unless you're Drew Brees, and Drew Brees was in that era, you know, yeah. of pocket and, passing. And he could, but he could be that Drew Brees. Like that's his style. That's his game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so. Uh, I guess maybe we'll do predictions next week, but early on, I think it'll be a good game, right? Are you going to Super Bowl? I wish. Are you going I'm to going, Vegas? I'm going out there. I'm going out there. Yeah, I'll be out there. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'm staying for the you game. You didn't tell me. Yeah, I'm going. When are you going? Uh, we'll probably pull up like Thursday. We'll do three oh, days. So That's all you need in in Vegas, man. Three days. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, so who are you going with? You're going with like the like the radio show that you do? No. So I'll go out with my wife. Um, but I have some stuff lined up though. Uh, ESPN New York out there. And oh, that's awesome. I have a couple things lined up. And then obviously we'll probably hit a couple parties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you will. You know. um, yeah, my, you know, WFAN's obviously going. I didn't make the cut uh, of the list of people who are going. Oh, I'm about to write an email right now. Oh, yeah, exactly. We tell I'm them that, that next year Rami needs to be there. Yeah. Uh, but so I'll be back. Set up. We could have set up out there if you were out there, bro. We could have set hey, up. Dude, I'm, hey, dude, if you pay for my something. ticket, I'll meet you there. I'll, I'll, I'll meet you there tomorrow. You to talk to, let me know. Let's talk to Believe. I'm about to send them something right now. <laughs> 
yeah you know, exactly tell them me out so we can set yeah, up yeah exactly um well if not i'll see you we'll talk next week how about this we'll talk when you're out there let's let's i want to hear what the lay of the land is so if we do if we record something when you're out there you'll you'll have to make some time for me all right yeah i'll take all my that? stuff just in case we could do all right Thursday. perfect we could do Thursday. yeah Thursday Friday. all right awesome i'll talk to you until next time uh see it all right man let's go to eat a damn snack i'm Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.